Martin finds himself standing back in the street as if waking from a dream. He hasn't bought a book. He hasn't asked directions to the hotel. He checks his phone, thinking of accessing Google Maps, but there is no service. Christ, no mobile phone. He hadn't thought of that. He regards the town as he might have foreign land. The early start, the long drive, and the heat have drained him, leaving him feeling hazy. If anything, the day has grown hotter, the glare beyond the shop awnings more dazzling. Nothing moves except the shimmering heat haze rising from the street. The temperature must have hit 40 without a breath of wind. He walks into the brightness. Touching the roof of his car is like touching a skillet. Something moves in the stillness, a shifting at the edge of vision. But when he turns, he can't see anything. No, there, in the center of the street, a lizard. He walks across. It's a stumpy tail, still as death. Bitumen is seeping through cracks in the road, and Martin wonders if the lizard has become stuck. But it scurries away, blood quickened by the heat rushing under a parked car. Another sound, a spluttering cough. Martin turns, sees the man shuffling along under the awnings on the other side of the road, the same man in his grey overcoat still clutching the bottle in the brown paper bag. Martin walks across to greet him. Good morning. The man is stooped and apparently deaf. He keeps shuffling, not acknowledging Martin's existence. Good morning, Martin repeats more loudly. The man stops, looks up and around as if hearing distant thunder, locating Martin's face. What? The man has a grizzled beard, streaked with grey and roomy eyes. Good morning, Martin says for a third time. It's not good and it's not morning. What do you want? Can you tell me where the hotel is? There is no hotel. Yes, there is. Martin knows he read the clippings on his laptop during the flight down, including Defoe's award-winning piece describing the pub as the heart of the town, the commercial. Shut! Six months ago, good fucking riddance. There it is over there. He waves his arm. Martin looks back the way he drove into town. How did he miss it? The old pub, the only two-story building on the main street, stands at the intersection with its signage intact and an inviting wraparound veranda looking not so much shut down as closed for the day. The man pulls the top of the bag back, unscrews the bottle and takes a swig. Yeah, want some? No, thanks, not right now. Tell me, is there anywhere else in town to stay? Try the motel. Better be quick, though. Way things are turning to shit round here, it might be next. Where can I find it? The man regards Martin. Which way you come in? From Bellingdon? Denny? No, from Hay. Fuck of a drive. Well, head down here the way you were going. Turn right at the stop sign towards Bellingdon, not delinquent. Motel's on the right, on the edge of town, about 200 metres. Thanks, appreciate it. Appreciate it? You some sort of fucking yank? That's how they talk? No, I just meant thank you. Good, eh? Piss off then. And the Darrow continues on his shambling way. Martin extracts his phone and takes a snap of his receding back. Getting into the car is no easy task. 
Martin wets his fingers with his tongue so he can grab the door handle for long enough to swing it open, inserting his leg to stop the slope swinging the door shut again. Inside, the car is like a tandoori oven. He starts the engine, cranking up the air conditioner, which does nothing more than pump hot air around the cabin. There's an ugly smell, the residual vomit of some former hirer lifted from the fabric seats by the baking heat. The seatbelt buckle has been sitting in the sun and is too hot to handle. Martin goes without. He drapes the once damp towel around the steering wheel so he can hold it. Fucking hell, he mutters. <laughs>